We are Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. All right, COVID-19 podcast number 56, COVID-56, COVID baby. Uh, COVID-56. T- <laughs> COVID we are Top Shelf Fantasy. Uh, we are doing a nice remote podcast because we don't quit. We don't stop. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY, all the major podcast sites, and head over to our uh, website at TopShelfFantasy.com. We get all sorts of free agency uh, Craig's got a bunch of stuff going on with the rookies, a bunch of articles, stuff to read. So we're going to kick right into it with a big free agency signing. We're going to cover uh, quarterbacks and tight ends for this uh, for this podcast. So I think most notably the biggest one, Tommy Brady and uh, Dallas. Why don't you Why don't you take Tom? Yeah, uh, you know we talked about this, you know just before the podcast, and I flip back and forth on Tom Brady every hour of every day now, and you know we're. I don't think we're shy about telling people we're from new England. We, we are naturally Patriot fans deep down and he's been our quarterback for 20 years. And uh, you know, if you don't have some sort of connection to the guy, then I would say you weren't a real fan at any point. So it's tough to see him go. Um, I guess it's a little upsetting when you hear the, the terms of the deal and it sounds like the Patriots weren't too far off, but at the end of the day, he's going to a much, much better situation um, as far as the, the weapons and the talent around him. So I don't know, I'm happy for the guy, but it's hard to root for him because, you know, I still want to see the Patriots, Patriots succeed and win games. And luckily they're in different, uh, you know, conferences. So maybe they can both be successful and have a good time. We're going to see some great matchups out of the NFC South this year. That's for sure. Between the Saints and uh, Tommy B down on uh, Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty torn. I'm a little ambivalent. Um, it's hard to tell you how I really feel, but hopefully he uh, has a good year and uh, hopefully he loses to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. All right, Craig, you got any? Uh, you got any take there? Well, my only thing about Tom Brady leaving is realistically, I, I as far as fantasy goes, I, I think it's better for him. Um, I, I actually, with a actual wide receiver core, uh, he could find his way back into a QB one status. I'm not sure how it's going to all look, but we do know that he's going to be the one that's going to take over the reins and in the offensive side of the ball. Bruce Arians pretty much has just kind of given it up to him. I don't know who their offensive coordinator is there, but he's really not their offensive coordinator anymore. Byron Leftwich. Um, Leftwich. Leftwich, yeah. So as far as fantasy goes, uh, I see better things for Brady. I think we've all been in agreement that uh, Mike Evans might take a little bit of a hit. Um, And then Chris Godwin, you know, with the new number, who knows uh, what it'll be, but he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right for fantasy. Yeah, it'll be interesting, like you said, from a fantasy perspective with Brady kind of being relevant again as a draftable quarterback. It's probably been a few years since he's, uh, I don't know, been in that in that category of really a guy that you you might actually consider going after. Um, so maybe a little bump to his draft stock, but who really knows? It's going to be a completely different system, completely different uh, game plan for him. And if he's going to actually throw the ball downfield, it should be a good year. Scotty, you got any uh, take on Tom Brady? Maybe talk about how that impacts Godwin and uh, Evans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into that whole Evans-Godwin thing yet because I think we do want to have a separate podcast at some point. Yeah. Um, talking about Evans, Godwin, and 
kind of get into all the stats and and background to see exactly where he can finish. But I think this is a good thing for OJ Howard. Um, Brady seems to like his tight ends a lot, and Howard was really he was nowhere last year because Arians doesn't use a tight end. So I think Brady comes in, you know, he's going to say he needs a tight end. He's going to use him more. So as a fantasy perspective, I love it as a new England Brady fan. I like it for both sides. Um, excited to see what new England does do going forward. Um, if it's drafting, if it's waiting or sticking with Stidham, which I don't think is the right call, but Overall, I'm happy for both sides. It's a sad day, but um, it had to happen. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but it, it is. <laughs> um, all right, so we, let's and, – and I was just looking through the docket real quick. We may take quarterbacks and wide receivers or quarterbacks and running backs. What do you guys want to do? Because wide receivers and running backs in one podcast might be a little difficult. So the next, yeah. the next two to move were Brian Hoyer goes to New England on a one-year – we don't, we don't know how Blank much deal. it is, but I it don't, just happened. <laughs> I don't think it matters to be completely honest from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if anybody needs to say anything on it. Raise your hand no. if you do. Okay. All right. Scott. No. All right. No. Uh, Drew Brees stays in New Orleans. Um, more of the same there. I don't think we really need to hit on that, but Philip Rivers to Indy. Um, Scotty, it's your boy. Uh, yeah. I think this is one of the better spots for him. I know there was a few teams we wanted him to go to, but Indy's got that good line. Um, I think it's a bump up from Brissett. Even though Brissett showed flashes last year, he kind of tanked after he came back from injury. They're clearly not in on Brissett if they're going to bring in a 38-year-old Philip Rivers, but we've seen Rivers succeed in the past. I know last year he was a pick machine, but hopefully with a new team, good offensive line, decent weapons there with T.Y. I know it's probably better options in los angeles for him but um i'm kind of just happy he got picked up as a starter somewhere i mean that's that's my boy so <laughs> i'm pretty happy good dows yeah um ty great great option for phil rivers he kind of replaced that keenan allen and like you said um maybe a little bit of uh it's a lateral move i think maybe between paris campbell and what he can be versus mike williams they're a pretty comparable receiver type but He's got a good offensive line, a great running back in Marlon Mack, and he's got decent tight end with uh, Jack Doyle now that Eric Ebron's out of there as well. But it's a good fit for him. I think um, I wanted to see him go to Chicago. I think he would have been a little bit uh, nicer there. But uh, the one-year $25 million deal, you're not passing that up. And um, as far as Brissett is concerned, I know obviously he takes a huge hit for this year. Phil Rivers is a gladiator. He doesn't really miss any time for anything at all. So unless he gets hurt for the first time in his career, really, Brissett's riding the bench, but hopefully he'll be able to take it and learn something from him. And I do think that the Colts are still interested in keeping Brissett around for the long term uh, as they cut Brian Hoyer today. So, um, yeah, I think maybe Brissett comes back after a year of tutelage under Rivers and maybe has a better season in 2021, but that remains to be seen. Um, who knows? Craig. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say on Philip Rivers, um, but you know they don't have Eric Brown either, so you know more of Ty Hilton is is realistically what what I see from it. Obviously, they they had uh, not much of a quarterback last year. The year, years prior, Andrew Luck was kind of you know falling apart. 
Uh, you know, his arm was never really in. So who knew who knew who was playing at quarterback? Uh, so some consistency, uh, you know, being added over to Indy. Well, we we could see like some of those younger wide receivers produce too, right? Zach Pascal. Pascal had a good season uh, last and, year. And Campbell. So I mean, you get a better quarterback who's going to air the ball out. I I think they could be sneaky picks. Um, Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans, and this wasn't just. Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans. This was a three-year, $63 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes from New Orleans to Carolina, excuse me. A three-year, $63 million contract. I mean, Carolina's investing in Teddy, and I, I think it's a great spot for him. Um, so, Craig, I, I don't know. Why don't you why don't you take Teddy and bounce yeah, so it around? Yeah, so it was actually – it all happened so quickly, but the day that we heard that Kim Newton was on the trading block um, – both me and Scott were talking to each other being like, you know, who would be pretty good there. Or I'll, I'll see this one over to Scott. He goes, you know, who'd be good. There is Teddy Bridgewater. I'm like, Oh, you know what? As you, as you're saying it, it's pretty good. Not five minutes later, they reported Teddy Bridgewater signing there. He's a, he's a good fit for that entire scheme. I think it'll, it'll work really well. I mean, obviously he can a little bit, I mean, Cam Newton did a little bit of that as well. Um, but you could see last year with New Orleans, he was able to, you know, show that he's still the same quarterback he was before he got hurt. I think that, you know, uh, the whole 63 million over three years, they're investing in that. He was the quarterback for the offensive coordinator in Carolina now at one point in college. Uh, So there's definitely a history there. And I see no letdown for CMC. I see it moving up for uh, Samuel. He had a little bit of a down year last year or disappointing, I should say. And then DJ Moore is just going to keep thriving. I think it's just a, a great overall fit uh, going forward. Scotty, you got you got who, whose jersey you got on right now? Oh, this is a uh, McCaffrey. Jersey. Yeah, Scotty's so, got a McCaffrey jersey on. So why don't you take why don't you take some some Teddy takes? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked with the whole Cam Newton. Um, they allowed him to seek a trade, even though it comes out that he was forced to just leave, which is <laughs> kind of messed up when a month ago they said he's our guy he's our starter for sure month later they're like yeah Teddy Bridgewater is probably safer <laughs> um I mean I more for Cam I I'm interested to see where and if he lands somewhere with this whole coronavirus pe- teams won't know how healthy he actually is so this is a very hard time for Cam um because it shows that no one's trading for him so Carolina doesn't believe in him. He's healthy. I don't think anyone else will. But um, overall, Bridgewater to Carolina, um, great options there. I think that's the best fit for him and the team um, going forward. Uh, Dows, thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm just real happy to see Teddy Bridgewater get a shot again in the NFL, uh, a real shot where he's not sitting on the bench behind Drew Brees, you know. Um, like. I think Craig said he he proved last year that in a starting role he can be successful. He still has the talent. Um, he certainly has. He's been deserving for a while now of at least another shot. When he was starting in Minnesota, he you know was leading that team. He looked good, and he has a freak leg injury and kind of just never got another shot in the league. I mean, stuck around on New Orleans and made some money, but I'm happy to see him go to a not only to go to a team where he's going to be the starter, but also go to a team where he has weapons around him to succeed. I mean, you put a real quarterback on that team with McCaffrey, even just last year, and they probably are a lot more successful. And you've also seen Carolina as a team go and stack their defense with some signings. So if they can correct that ship 
on the defensive side and you've got Teddy Bridgewater slinging the ball around at a much higher level than Kyle Allen did last year, this should be a great team to watch in uh, 2020. Let's just hope we get on the field on time. <laughs> yeah, well, that that could be in doubt. Um, <laughs> I, I think what's really cool about Teddy Bridgewater right now is we kind of have to it, – It's it's we haven't seen Teddy, you know, really in a starting role. So – um, I think we have to go off that eight game sample size from the saints from last year. And it was great. Um, yeah. now Nick Foles to Jacksonville. Now this has two implications, right? This means Minshew's likely the starter in Jacksonville and Foles is likely the starter in Chicago. So it, let's, I, the two of us talk about Foles in Chicago and Minshew in Jacksonville. I I'll take Minshew in Jacksonville Somebody, Cam Soda needs to legit now make a push to make him a spokesperson. I, I cannot wait to see Minshew in a starting role again. Um, I don't know if that means anything good for the Jacksonville uh, wide receiver core, but um, Scotty, I know like you, you, you love you some A-Rob, so hopefully Nick Foles and A-Rob connection is going to be legit. Yeah, I mean, with Minshew, real quick, I think it stays the same from last year just another year with the offense probably better um i don't know what chicago is doing because there was philip rivers out there bridgewater i mean winston cam but no let's sign nick Foles for a three-year 21 million dollar trade um which is insane he's better than mitch trubisky though but let's let's just agree on that right i get that but why would you bring a guy in that's pretty close like i see mitch I think it's going to be a camp battle. I see Mitch starting maybe like week one, two. And then if he just, just because he's the guy there, even though, I don't know. I, I just think it's crazy. They got Foles when they could have gotten one of any other piece there. But um, yeah, well, at $7 million a year though, that's still like backup quarterback money nowadays. So I, they're not so invested in him and he does have the opt out option after one year. So I don't know how heavily they're invested in Foles either. And I keep hearing rumors about Cam Newton going to Chicago as well. So I think what they're going to do still kind of remains to be seen because there's also rumors floating about Mitch Trubisky coming over to New, to New, uh, to New England. So oh, there are gross. Things definitely still in play at this point. Um, I don't think anything's really written in stone in that Chicago quarterback room at this point. It could be through a battle come yeah training and, and chicago's just stupid enough to do that with three quarterbacks <laughs> craig what do you what do you think nothing craig thinks nothing um oh i didn't dude, hear my name if, i'm sorry if, if, I didn't hear you if, there, if they take <laughs> yeah. if they take cam and they make it a three-way battle that is just that's gonna be awful i, I don't know why you would do that if they bring cam in though he has to be the starter with what they're gonna end up having to pay him yeah. Yikes. Right. And that and if, if you're right though that Mitch Trubisky does get shipped out, then it kind of makes a little bit more sense in case that Cam does get hurt and then you have, you know, a 7 million dollar uh, quarterback on the bench. Yeah, but yeah. you don't And they and they still have that option on Mitch Trubisky that they need to sort out by May. So they're probably waiting to see where their chips fall with the draft and with free agency. And if they have two other quarterbacks in that room at that point, they probably just don't pick up the fifth uh, fifth year team option. I wouldn't let them walk. Yeah, I wouldn't either. All right, so we have more to come on Chicago. But Jacksonville, Minshew, I like it. It's going to be cool. Um, All right, these next two go hand-in-hand, right? Tannehill confirmed 
by far the starter for Tennessee. What they will a not, deal. They, they won't look for another quarterback for the next four years as he signs eight $118 million over four years. And Mariota gets shipped out. So, Dows, you take this because you've been a, a Tannehill truther for a long time. This, yeah. is, this is the deal we wanted for Tannehill. Yeah, that's exactly right. He he went out and he played to a level of a starting quarterback, and he deserved to get paid. I mean, this is this is high. This is twenty. I don't even know. That's almost thirty million a year. So he's got to go out and perform to this contract now. Um, like you said, no more Mariota behind him. I don't even know what they're going to do for a backup quarterback really down there. But I think they're that just shows they're all in on Tannehill. They think he's the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land. Well, at least alongside Derrick Henry. We'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tannehill's been – I mean, just based on this last season, which is I'm, I'm cutting down the sample size intentionally, he looked great. I'm wiping out all of Miami and all of his past, and I'm just looking at what he's done in Tennessee. And, I mean, he looked fantastic. He's got good receivers around him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's now he's going to go out and show that he actually deserved this contract, which is sometimes the hardest part. You see these guys get paid big money and then come out and suck. We're looking at you, Jared Goff. But <laughs> yeah, we, can we can't go a podcast without making fun of Jared Goff. No, uh, no. Can't do they it. also they don't have uh, Delaney Walkie anymore. He doesn't have oh, a security Walkie. blanket. He got uh, released. That's fine though. I mean, he's got Jonu Smith there, and Jonu Smith I think is better than Delaney Walker, yeah. anyways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, at this point, he can actually stand up and walk. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to say one quick thing about Ryan Tannehill because 16 weeks of Ryan Tannehill makes A.J. Brown a wide receiver one. Like, that's the difference for A.J. Brown, I think. I think it's huge. I think that is yeah. that's what was huge a- for A.J. A. Brown. when Ten Hill came in, wide receiver 11 after he started? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't I know off the top of my head, but I know that A.J. Brown turned in multiple wide receiver one weeks one, when, yeah. when Tannehill was. I don't know where he finished. We don't have all the data. I mean, this is, right. this, this, this oh, is all that. We, but. we do in the site. <laughs> we could go to the set. I got like 15 things but, um, going on right here. Um, with Tannehill, though, I, I just think that's a great story. Um, signed as a backup last year for cheap, took over, and got paid. Overall, what a great story. And let, let's just real quick, this is another indictment that Adam Gase is a bad coach, right? It, oh, Adam yeah. Gase was the, was the head coach when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback in Miami, and he couldn't put a team around this guy, yet Mike Vrabel it goes to the playoffs and beats the... Uh, I don't know. I love it. I hate Adam Gase also, so he's a butthead. <laughs> um, Dak Prescott get franchise tag for $31.5 million. I don't know that we really need to say too much about that, but um, you guys want to take wide receivers next because it will just flow right in? Yeah. All right. So and then Amari Cooper signs a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. So the them so Dallas keeping Dak and Amari and Zeke is on the contract that he's got. I mean, I think it, it's just more of the same for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be any better than they were last year. I don't know if anybody else has a, a different decision, but um, or a different discussion, I should say. But I think that's yeah. the, that's that. I so. mean. 25 million or sorry 20 million a year for amari cooper is big big money for a guy who's shown some struggles to stay on the field and stay healthy but uh you i mean you committed to your quarterback with big money with the franchise tag and uh you needed to at least give him a wide receiver and give him a shot so 
Um, I guess it's kind of what you have to do. You can't trot Dak Prescott out there with no weapons and think you're going to win. Um, I'm also kind of, I don't know how to phrase it, but I'm, I'm curious to see if, or if we'll ever know what Jerry Jones's approach was after having the debacle with uh, Ezekiel Elliott last year and his holdout and his threats for, uh, you know, not playing under the tag. I wonder if he kind of got out ahead of this with Amari Cooper and just said, you know what, I'm going to pay him. I'm not going to go through that again. It's been a nightmare in the past. Um, like, let's just kind of cut the circus down for once and stay focused on football. So um, I, I just, I'm always interested to see how that might have played a role, but I don't know if we'll ever have that answer concretely. It's just funny, honestly, like positionally, Zach has been a staple of the Dallas offense. They were going back and forth over a couple million dollars, and then he just comes out and pays Amari Cooper $20 million a year. Like, to yeah. me, your running back is better than Amari Cooper. Like, Zeke is better yeah. than Cooper. So, I don't know, whatever. Um, AJ Green gets franchise tagged. I don't think this means anything until we know who their quarterback is. Um, so, I don't know that we can really sit here and talk about it. And we have two huge names that we still need to mention. Um, yep. We're going in alphabetical order or the order in which they were done because these probably should have been our headliners. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> got traded for a bag of baseballs to Arizona. <laughs> Bill, Bill O'Brien should lose his job. This was a terrible trade. And now we have – this has huge fantasy implications on it. Kyler gets a skyrocket. DeAndre Hopkins now in Arizona. I I personally don't know what to think about that for DeAndre but it makes Deshaun Watson useless, and I, I don't know. Somebody, uh, Craig, why don't you go ahead and talk about this one? Well, uh, on the Houston side, realistically, they have um, a hurt Will Fuller almost every year, and uh, they just got Kenny Stills. Um, they realistically have no good tight end, um, and well, they they did add Randall Cobb. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll it's, get to that. <laughs> so. So as far as Houston goes, I don't quite understand why if you were going to try and get a running back and use him as your game plan, why David Johnson? You saw it didn't work out last year uh, with, well, I guess not last year because it was more of a a run, I mean, a uh, passing heavy offense. But why go through David Johnson anyway for your offense? So putting that aside, it's great for Kyler Murray. It's fantastic for Arizona. They're going on the up and up. They have their quarter, they have their running back um, that they, you know, tendered. We'll get into later. And there's really, they lost nothing. Uh, maybe a second round pick is what they lost. And, and they get Deandre freaking Hopkins. Like what, what, what do you want me to say? It's a fantastic deal for Arizona. You don't and find Deandre. stupid. Yeah, I agree. So the only thing that, we will end up biting our tongues over is if the reports are true. And Bill O'Brien came out and kind of said uh, he compared DeAndre Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't don't know that you can say that. I I mean, I'm sorry. It wasn't that it was, he was mentioning how Aaron Hernandez's wife, I can't believe we're talking about it is like DeAndre Hopkins's wife. It's just the weirdest thing. and, And let me just jump in real quick. Mental issues aside, Aaron Hernandez was a phenomenal football player. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal uh, football uh, player. So no, if you're no comparing those two, it, it it is the lack of understanding that Bill O'Brien is going to fail the Houston Texans. DeAndre Hopkins is far superior than David Johnson. You are not yeah. you are not changing them and changing your offense and staying better. They, they got worse on this trade. Um, yes. 
I, I mean, unless they end up drafting well, which I don't think historically they've they've done. I mean, they they lucked into Deshaun Watson, but you're not getting Deshaun Watson every single year. Deshaun Watson should have been drafted before Mitch Trubisky, so he should have never been on the board for him anyway. But um, Scotty, you want to? I, I don't I don't know that I heard you weigh in. On oh this. hell yeah, I want to go for this. Um, so <laughs> not only did Arizona get DeAndre Hopkins, they they sent them what we think is a wash up David Johnson. Not only that, Houston agreed to pay his entire salary, which is insane. Not only that, Arizona goes, hey, toss back a fourth rounder. Like, yeah, sure, why not? And we've seen uh, they drafted, what, three or four wide receiver rookies last season. How does Houston not be like, hey, give me Andy Isabella, give me Keyshawn Johnson, give me Hakeem Butler? They didn't even ask for a young receiver back, which I guarantee Arizona would have done that easily. Because oh, yeah. all, all these guys are on their probably practice squad now. Um, Fantasy-wise, DeAndre Hopkins, I, he might not be the one or two, but I think he's still a top five. I mean, that's an, that's an air raid offense. They're going to pass the ball a lot. I know there's weapons there, but it's not – every day you get a stud receiver like Hopkins on a team that's going to make Kyler probably a top – three to five quarterback drafted this season easily. Yeah, I completely agree. I know there's a lot of good wide receiver prospects out there. It's just, are you willing to roll the dice that one of those wide receiver prospects is DeAndre Hopkins? (laughs) Stay with the known commodity. Like, I don't get it. Oh, no, right. Um, It's, yeah. So, so let just real quick. And do we think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be better or worse in Arizona? So that that's, that's one of the biggest questions because I don't know that I can say DeAndre Hopkins is going to be better in Arizona than he was in Houston. I think yeah, I mean, he's, he's a top five wide receiver. Like, I think it, to right, ask but he's to also better, he's also with a top five quarterback. That's the thing. I don't know that Kyler's proved that he can support DeAndre as a top five wide receiver. No, we I don't. Mean, yeah, in, right. In one year, it's the sample size is so small, but there will there will be a lot of hype on this. There will be a lot of hype on the so, fact that it's an air raid offense with multiple, you know, uh, completions and, and targets that are going to be, they're going to probably, a lot of people are going to project that Hopkins gets more targets than he did with uh, Houston. So when you factor out more volume with, you know, maybe lesser quarterback play, it's going to be very similar, but there's going to be a ton of hype on DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. It, it's, I feel it's, like in the community. I feel like it's a good way to remind everybody that he's played with who Tom McGowan, Josh McGowan, like he DeAndre Hopkins played with some Brian crappy Hoyer, Brian, Brian Hoyer, yeah. and he was always good. Good Tom Savage. So <laughs> yeah. I I think he's going to be fine. Um, They're going to. It's going to be interesting. Point. Yeah, it's a very fast paced offense. Very fast paced. It's going to be a cool I mean, offense. He fits the offense great. That's a good point too. The air raid, yeah, maybe. Well, because he can move all around, but also he can bounce up to the outside. And Larry Fitz has shown that he'll play the slot at a very high elite oh. level, even at this age. Then you I get Christian wait. Kirk. I mean, yeah, you're you're stretching defenses thin. Um. All right. Are we? Does anybody else want to chime in real quick on DeAndre? I know Scotty was trying to. No. No, I'm no. good. That's right. that's just awesome. No. <laughs> good for them. Um. Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo. I, I don't know how this impacts Stefan Diggs, to be completely honest. I, I think it's more of the same for him. Uh, I think it j- makes Josh Allen better. Um, I don't know that it necessarily makes Stefan Diggs better. Anybody? No, I mean, 
Go ahead. I mean, Josh Allen is Josh Allen a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins or a comparable quarterback to Kirk Cousins? Well, so here's no. my thing. I think, but I think that Josh Allen can produce. I think Josh Allen has the ability to still support a wide receiver one. I, I mean, don't know that last year. I don't know that Stephon Diggs is the guy for Josh Allen. Now, I think it makes Josh Allen better in the sense that he's going to throw for more yards. He has a chance to throw for better, more touchdowns. I mean, his numbers may look something like Jameis Winston's. I mean, maybe not throwing, you know, 35 TDs or whatever and, and 35 interceptions, but he's he's going to still – Josh Allen's still going to produce fantasy points. It's can Stephon Diggs have a better, more productive year in Buffalo with Josh Allen as opposed to in Minnesota with – Kirk Cousins, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I can't wait to dig into these stats because I don't think it, it I don't think it's beneficial for Diggs and Scotty. So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm a huge Diggs guy. Uh, talent wise, I think he's top tier. Um, Buffalo is probably definitely not the best place for him to go because it's more running offense. You have a mobile quarterback. But I think it's more of a lateral move. He finished as wide receiver 21 last year. I think we had him ranked as wide receiver 15. I'll probably still have him ranked around 15, 16, 17 this year. I just think it's he's now not sharing a field with Adam Thielen. He's the guy. But Buffalo is more of a run-first team. I guess Minnesota was, but Buffalo, I think, is way more with their quarterback and running game. So I think it's a lateral move for Diggs. Yeah, and you mentioned that Diggs finished uh, 21st. The guy who finished ahead of them at spot 20 is John Brown from Buffalo. So yep. <laughs> that's yeah. very interesting to see, you know, pair those two guys up. And they're, I mean, John Brown is an absolute burner. and He's still going to get his deep looks and his deep balls. And Diggs kind of plays that game too. But Diggs is like a polished route runner. And he's going to run every route on the tree, no problem for you. And I think the guy who suffers the most from this uh, signing is actually going to be Cole Beasley because he's kind of that, I don't know, underneath guy, picks up a lot of the small yards, but Diggs will run those routes across the middle, shallow, and then get the ball in his hands and, you know, sometimes fumble it. He, had, I think he had three fumbles last year, but he's comfortable with making moves after he gets the ball. So I think they're going to do a lot of quick stuff to him as opposed to the go and get it deep down the field that he was kind of handling in Minnesota while Adam Thielen was taking that role. So I don't know. I think I agree mostly with Scotty. It's going to be kind of a lateral move as far as fantasy implications go for his, you know, you know, his finish on the year will probably be in that 15 to 20 range. But I definitely think his ceiling is a, a wide receiver one where I always had him pegged as a wide receiver two in Minnesota. All right, Craig, you're shaking your head. Yes. You got nothing to say. Craig really the wants thing to talk. is, is that we've <laughs> said all the same points. I wanted to hit on it. So I'm not even going to. All right. Well, oh, I think one I more think... really important point, though, um, that I wanted to mention. I nailed it. I, if you go to our team needs, uh, I called Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo. He did. Want yeah. It. Yes. Want the credit. You, you did do that. Um, <laughs> I don't think you nailed Randall Cobb signing a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar, nineteen million guaranteed contract with Houston. Craig, how does Randall Cobb replace DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> he doesn't. Yep. Thank you. All right, Bill O'Brien, you genius. All right, so let's move on. Um, Wait, hold on. That's not really his contract, right? No, that know. is That's correct. What's there? Nineteen million guaranteed. That to, is crazy. Ridiculous. Wait, that's his contract. Yeah. Wait. Oh, no. R Robbie Anderson is still not signed. Yeah. yeah. That's a Robbie Anderson contract right there. 
And they signed Randall Cobb before Emmanuel Sanders, who signed for two years at 16. So he's at $8 million a year versus Randall Cobb making nine. And Randall Cobb's, what, 38? That's a, that's a joke. 19 guaranteed. I literally thought someone put that in there as a joke. No, Good for Randall Cobb. a real, actual number. Good Bill for Brian. Randall Cobb. Um, all right, so the next guy we're going to talk about, there is a, a nice little uh, article going around that somebody walked into a Hannaford's wearing a Nelson Aguilar jersey. And they asked him, why are you wearing that? And he said, I don't want to catch COVID-19. <laughs> now, a team signed this guy. So Oakland signs Nelson Aguilar. So we got Nelson Aguilar, Marcus Mariota. It, Oakland's a disaster. I don't. Does anybody need to even talk about Nelson Aguilar? You're a big Aguilar guy, Corey. Yeah. You got, um, is this, I is am. This... But this, is, this, is, has, this has Oakland Raiders written all over it. He's a speedster. He can't catch the ball. He's just the new version of Darius Hayward Bay. It's uh, it's a joke. Uh, I can't believe they signed the guy. Um, I, we haven't seen figures. If they got him for two or three million, fine. Like okay, I'm on board with it. If they gave him anything over six, that's a joke. I mean, like, but gonna, from a fantasy perspective, Aguilar's get the NFL. <laughs> Aguilar's off the board. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders to New Orleans. That's a great yeah, fit. Great Huge. fit. Craig, why don't you talk about some of the, the fantasy implications there? Because in in we'll just shape this up because yes, New Orleans still has Michael Thomas, but they've never had a consistent, healthy wide receiver on the opposite side of Michael Thomas. No, they haven't. And as a matter of fact, there's been like four other moves or five other moves that New Orleans Saints have done this entire offseason. And that's including restructuring and re-signing almost all of their players. And the first move after the Tom Brady announcement was going and getting Emmanuel Sanders. So they have not done much this offseason, but they did recognize that they're going to have to put up more numbers now that Tampa Bay has a competent quarterback that's going to be able to, you know, do some pretty good things on the offensive side. They know that they needed to, you know, uh, reciprocate that with another wide receiver. And like you said, they haven't had one in a very long time. And he, he compliments Michael Thomas so well because the both of them can do very similar things. Now I'm not saying Sanders is Michael Thomas. Please don't, please don't ever think that I would think that, but Emmanuel Sanders will be, he, he came into the league as a burner, you know, and then he developed great route running over time. And Michael Thomas had, what, what was it? I, I can't remember the exact number, of catches within 10 yards throughout the season like it was an astronomical number like broke the record and so with Sanders being able to go over the top and Thomas being able to do the same thing the both of them can interchange at the wide receiver position and I just think it's a it's it's a healthy fit uh, for their offense and I, I would definitely expect Sanders to have a great fantasy impact next year Scotty you want to weigh in yeah I mean Craig kind of Nailed it. Um, the Saints have not had that wide receiver two in a very long time. I mean, there's there was Ted Ginn, Traycon Smith. Um, they tried with Dez, but he got hurt that year. Um, I mean, this is Breeze, who is the most pass-friendly quarterback in the league, and now he gets Sanders, and you could see the running game taking a hit last year as well. And I think this helps Breeze out. This helps even Michael Thomas out even more, I think, because now teams are gonna have to focus on Sanders. So overall, great fit for everyone there. Yeah, no, and I, I think it's I think it's interesting too because like we've been talking about, right? Trey Quan's not getting it done, Ted Ginn's not getting it done. And I think the road tree that Emmanuel Sanders can run actually allows Michael Thomas to get down the field a little bit. 
it's also going to help Jared Cook in the sense that Jared Cook now has another guy in that area, in that space that defenses have to look at. So, Dows, do you think that Jared Cook now becomes a viable starting? I mean, he was always talented and he always did well down in New Orleans. But does Jared uh, Cook get a uh, boost at all? Yeah, in terms of the space that he should see, 100%. Like you would think automatically, yeah, he's going to get a boost. The only problem that he's going to have and that maybe we see everybody have, except for Michael Thomas, I think he's safe, is the target share. And ha- there are only so many passes to go around. Let's say Drew Brees conservatively throws the ball 35 or 40 times a game. To, you know, 10 of those are to Michael Thomas. What do you have, 150 catches last year? Right. Maybe 15 of those are to Michael Thomas. So there are only so many passes to go around. But if he's seeing more space because Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas can stretch the field on either side and he's got the space over the middle, yeah, that's an easy catch. That's an easy 20, 30 yards of pop. He, I think he's 100% a viable target. Plus, who do you cover as a defense, especially in the red zone? You've got to watch these wide receivers who run every route known to man, and Jared Cook should be sitting there, sitting pretty, grabbing some red zone looks and hopefully some touchdowns. Now, you know, you don't want a touchdown dependent tight end, but the occasional boost because he catches two touchdowns in one game is fantastic. And I think it makes him not only draftable, but startable week in and week out. Yeah. I mean, teams should be tripling Michael Thomas, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, you got, how many guys you got on defense? <laughs> 11. I put eight of them on him. Right. Uh, all right. So last wide receiver to change teams, with Josh Doxson, he goes from Washington to New York jets, which is ridiculous because uh, Robbie Anderson is better than Josh Doxson. So whatever the jets are stupid. Um, Let's just, I'll real quick go through some names. If anybody, just put your hand up if you want me to stop. Uh, Danny Omendola stays in Detroit. Larry Fitz stays in Detroit. Kendrick Bourne stays in Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, stays in Arizona. (laughs) My bad. Uh, Kendrick Bourne stays in San Francisco. Keelan Cole stays in Jacksonville. Alan Lazard, a boy, stays in Green Bay. Scotty with the Lazard Um, take. I was going to do Kendrick Bourne with... Sanders out there, I think Kendrick Bourne's close into that role. Uh, what is your two role? I mean, it depends what they draft. But Alan Lazard staying with Green Bay. Green Bay didn't make any moves. I mean, they still could get Robbie Anderson at some point. But um, as of right now, he's across the field from Devontae Adams, and hopefully he just feasts. <laughs> yeah, this should be interesting. Um, okay. All right, let's wrap this up. We go through quarterbacks, wide receivers, those changing teams. Um, Scotty and Dows, I want you guys to go ahead and talk about some of the free agent spreadsheets that we have up on the website right now. Just let the team know, the Shelfie yeah, team sure. know what's what's going on, what you guys have been working on. Yeah, we've been putting a lot of stuff together. Uh, Scotty's been fantastic. I went through and gave you um, a pretty long article, but I think it's worth a full read if you have the time. Uh, break it up to a couple days maybe, but it's every team in the NFL – ideal free agents and their needs uh, mostly focuses on viable offensive guys that you can actually pick up in fantasy and are relevant to you. But most of, or some of the info we'll talk about defense and offensive line and, and stuff like that to give you a full scope of what a team needs, but great article on the website um, covering every, or, you know, every team in the league. And uh, some of them are coming true and others are not, but uh, Scott, do you want to talk about what you've been doing? Yeah. So uh, each time Dow's uh, he, updates the player profile sheet so i go in and you know kind of put the new team in he's doing a good job you know highlighting the new team new player notes um updated dates so i'm trying to 
day by day take all his updated player profile notes, put them into the player profile. So, I mean, it was pretty tough the first couple of days because uh, there was so much stuff going on, but it's, it's slowly died down a little bit. I know there's still some people out there, but um, yeah, so we're trying to update it every day. We'll have another um, like a same faces, new places thing on our uh, homepage, hopefully by the end of the day today. And we'll just add on to that um, as the days go. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. ultimate goal for you guys out there is you can click on a player and have an immediate snapshot and a little write-up on him telling you what he's done, what we think he's going to do, what he's capable of doing. You know, just a real quick one-stop shop for, for everything about every single player in the league that has any fantasy value. Um, we're getting through it slowly but surely. So well, not hey, Josh Johnson. Yeah. And Craig... Josh Johnson's going to have a write-up. <laughs> Craig, you're going you're gonna to give us our, your update on what, what you've been doing on the next podcast. Um, with all the coronavirus stuff going on, we're all locked down. We're doing uh, Google Hangout sessions to record all of this. So, like Corey and, and Scotty were just talking about, we're all putting a lot of effort back into this. And we've always been putting it there, but we all have a little bit more extra time, I think, to to focus on that. So, Craig, we'll get into into what you've been doing uh, on the next podcast. Uh, we are Top Shell Fantasy. Thank you for listening. This is Top Shelf Fantasy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. Head over to our website at topshelffantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose. Mm-hmm.